It was said with consciousness as condition there is maintained materiality. How that is so, Ananda, should be understood in this way. If consciousness were not to descend into the mother's womb, would mental materiality take shape in the womb? Sadly, not when the birth are. If after de- uh, descending into the, mo- into the mother's womb consciousness were to depart, would mental materiality be generated into this present state of being? Certainly not mental sir. If the consciousness is a consciousness of a young boy or girl were to be cut off, would mentality materiality grow up, develop and reach maturity? Certainly not mental sir. Therefore, Ananda, this is the cause, source, origin and condition for mentality materiality, namely consciousness. Now, consciousness is the life, because when consciousness, if the consciousness doesn't descend uh, the mother's womb, the embryo doesn't grow. Uh, So we understand uh, not only this in this place and in other places as well. Uh, these three things must join, join together to initiate life. Uh, in other tradition, a soul must enter the body. So for them, it is the soul that keeps. Uh, uh, oh, oh, what do you call this? Uh, the combination of ovum and sperm operates. But in the Buddha's teaching is very clearly stated here. Vijnana Chayananda Matukuchinna Okkamisata Apiduko Namarupam Matukuchin Samachisati Nohetambandi. Vinanti Vinyananti Ananda Matukuchis being Okamito Wokamati Apinukom Namarupam Itataya Abis Nibanti Sitatati Nohetambandi. So that is in Pali. So when the consciousness descends to the Mother soon at the moment of uh, joining ovum and sperm, 
At that instant, if the consciousness does not join, then would that combination of uh, embryo grow? So Ananda said, no, because it is the consciousness that gives the life. So this consciousness, in according to uh, Abhidhamma, uh, at the moment of conception it is called uh, Patisandhi, uh, relinking consciousness, Patisandhi Vinyana. And then throughout life this continues in a Continuous means not the same consciousness, but it says it's changing all the time, changing, 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 changing within itself, continuous, and it goes to uh, dormant state. The dormant state is called bhavanga. Uh, the word bhavanga also is uh, abhidharma coinage, <coughs> not found in sutras. Uh, Bhava, as we all have seen, is uh, becoming Bhava, coming from the root Bhu to be. So, uh, Anga means limb or connection or what you call uh, the agent that joins one life with another. And therefore it, is, therefore it is called Bhava Anga. Our body parts also are called Anga. Hand is Anga, legs are uh, uh, Angas and so forth. Sometimes they call Anga Pachanga in Pali. Uh, these are all limbs, like the limbs of a tree. So, and therefore they call it uh, Bhava Anga Bhavanga. <coughs> and then at the moment of death, last moment, this <coughs> departs. Therefore it is called Chuti Vinyana or Chuti Chitta. And sometimes it is called Patisandhi Chitta, Bhavanga Chitta, and Chuti Chitta. Sometimes it is called Parisandhi Vinyana, Bhavanga Vinyana, and Chuti Vinyana. Chuti Vinyana is, Bhavanga Vinyana, Chuti Vinyana are rarely used, <coughs> most commonly used. Bhavanga Chitta. Chitta. Bhavanga Chitta, Chuti Chitta. Here Buddha continued to use the word Vinyana. So, if consciousness were uh, not descended in the mother's womb, then uh, okay. <coughs> the embryo doesn't grow. Hmm? And Buddha asks, if after descending into the mother's womb, consciousness were to depart, <coughs> Uh, we all know who learn biology, the sometimes even mothers don't know that the consciousness departed and uh, embryo died. 
they call it uh, spontaneous abortion. Spontaneous abortion, without anybody's interference, uh, consciousness disappears, departs. And that happens, the consciousness disappears in the embryo? Yeah. Like no data is gone? After that, no data. All data are completely wiped out. And (coughs) (coughs) so it is uh, explained in Buddhist terminology that is uh, uh, Upaghataka Kamma. Upaghataka Kamma. Uh, Upaghataka means once uh, uh, life starts, something all of a sudden happens and it disappears, cuts off and dies. It can happen in the mother's womb, it can happen while the baby is being born. (coughs) Uh, So if and Buddha uh, says here, uh, one step, going one step further, if consciousness of a young boy or girl were to be cut off, <coughs> then the boy or girl will not grow. If the consciousness were cut off in adults or teenager, adults, any time consciousness cut off, is considered to be dead. So. This is a very interesting point. Even here, Buddha does not give a particular place where consciousness is. At the moment of conception, consciousness descends to the, the embryo. It, is, it even cannot call embryo without consciousness. It is just two cells and become, it uh, fused together as one cell. And this does not exist without consciousness. So, <coughs> we, uh, that is why uh, in Buddhist, uh, in our Vinaya, Bhikkhu uh, become Paharajika, even if he uh, encourage, support, uh, or advise uh, somebody to abort. Uh, he becomes Paharajika. Because he cuts off the, the life. In uh, uh, the life, in uh, Brahmanic tradition is called prana, prana, and in Pali we call pāna, and that is why in the precept we say pāna atipāta. Atipāta means uh, cutting off or depriving. Uh, That means the ability to breathe uh, depends on consciousness. Uh, if the person is totally, completely uh, unconscious, uh, there may be some uh, lung functioning, heart functioning, but the person is 
awakening dead and the consciousness that is why sometimes people are in coma for long period of time it is very seldom one can come out of coma and start living otherwise once a person goes to coma uh, virtually the person is dead so we the medical specialist wait and wait and wait and wait for long period of time to see whether the person will come back to life so <clears throat> when the consciousness anyway departs person is dead therefore once the consciousness departs nobody knows where it is to bring it back <laughs> it is gone so <clears throat> and also we must understand that it is not the same consciousness that goes from life to life that is what sat bikusat is view and both the refuted it reprimanded him and uh, said uh, how consciousness arises uh, okay uh, consciousness after that uh, when it becomes uh, active uh, at the beginning it is just uh, consciousness until uh, senses are mature senses are grown this consciousness just remain dormant when con- senses grow i ear nose tongue and so on then consciousness uh, become active through these senses so in saatis ma tanna sankha sutta bund dimension how consciousness is named after their origin for instance when consciousness arises through i it is called i consciousness when consciousness arises through the ear ear consciousness chakku vinyana sota vinyana gana vinyana uh, and so forth uh, by the name through which consciousness arises when you say i consciousness i dash consciousness means equal consciousness arises through i door i faculty when consciousness arises through ear faculty it is called sota vinyana uh, sometimes it is translated as consciousness arises in the eye consciousness arises in the ear consciousness does not arise in the ear or eye but through the ear eye nose tongue and so on consciousness arises uh, otherwise if if none of these uh, faculties uh, function if the none of these faculties if they are defunct dead consciousness does not arise through them 
But still consciousness can arise in the mind which we don't know where. I myself personally don't know where it is. Uh, Buddha simply said, Durangamang ekacharang asarirang guhasayam. Ye chittang sanyame santi mokkhande marabandhana. The consciousness <coughs> travels too far <coughs> without body uh, and dwells in a guha. Guha means cave. Where is this cave? This, within these five aggregates, there is a some uh, cave, cavity, a place. It stays there. That means it. It stays means it doesn't uh, uh, remain. Uh, I cannot give an example like a rock or something. Even rock is changing. So it doesn't stay without changing within itself. It's changing and operate within this body. And um, we see in Sanyutinika and various other places, <coughs> consciousness cannot exist by itself. We will, we will see it here further. It is said, <coughs> with mentality, materiality as condition, there is consciousness. So there must be both mentality and materiality for the consciousness to arise. How that is so, Ananda? and should be understood in this way. If consciousness were not to gain footing in materiality, mentality, would an origination of the mass of suffering, of future birth, aging and death be discerned? <coughs> this is a very interesting uh, question. Uh, we call uh, uh, suffering, uh, origin of suffering, and so on. Where suffering origins? If there is no consciousness, where suffering origins? If there is no consciousness, how Conscious suffering could be identified only when there is consciousness. For instance, these books, they may suffer, we don't know. <laughs> they suffer from heat and humidity, but we don't know. And nobody can, nor can they express, express trees in winter you know, maybe suffering a lot because of the cold, but there's no way for them to express. But all other beings that have consciousness, even animals, they express their suffering in one way or the other, which uh, uh, we don't detect, we don't always uh, associate with them to identify how much they suffer and how they express it. Do, however they do express. So, only when there is consciousness, birth, aging and death, we, decide. we can say, so-and-so is born, 
you know, when uh, uh, stillborn, the fetus is stillborn, we can say it is stillborn. Why it is stillborn? Because no consciousness. But otherwise it is called birth. Baby is born. When we say baby is born, we assume that there is a consciousness. When we say stillborn, it is a birth, but we call, don't call it, call it a baby. So the word, field, word birth, is, birth refers to being born with consciousness. We say aging. Uh, these things are aging, all inanimate objects are aging, but uh, we simply say for convenient purpose, the books are getting old. <laughs> we use the term. But uh, the, the word we say it is getting old comes from the conscious mind. But the books themselves cannot express that. Similarly, uh, death. We, we may say the book is dead, but it is an odd expression. Uh, we can say book is decayed. Uh, also, it is very uncommon expression. We can say book is getting old. That is okay. But decaying uh, also okay. Uh, but this is, this refers to living beings. <clears throat> Therefore, Ananda, this is the cause, source, origin, and condition for consciousness, namely mentality, materiality. Without both mentality, materiality, consciousness does not arise. Uh, as we mentioned this morning, mentality is uh, uh, feeling, Vedana, Sanya, Sankara, uh, attention. Pasa, Vedana, Sanya, Chetana, Manasikara, and life, type, life uh, force. <coughs> Five factors are mentioned in Abhidhamma. In Sutras, <coughs> four factors are mentioned. Pasa, Vedana, Sanya, Chetana, this Amanasikara, five factors. Five factors. Abhidhamma added had the sixth one, that is uh, uh, life continuum, Jeevitindri. So, uh, only when the materiality exists, with the combination of mentality, consciousness arises there from that. So, It is to this section, this is another very interesting passage we can never find anywhere else, that one can be born, age and die, pass away and re-arise to this extent that there is a pathway for designation, to this extent that 
there is a pathway for language to this extent that there is a pathway for uh, description to this extent that there is a sphere for wisdom to this extent that the round turns for describing this state of being that is when there is mentality materiality together with consciousness when there is mentality materiality uh, together with consciousness from there to express these two factors to express these two factors there is a designation language description sphere of wisdom for wisdom and what what means repetition of birth and death uh, so this this language we use to express mentality materiality description we use for mentality and materiality uh language eh? language language uh, and the description wisdom and repetition of vattam vattati vattam means uh, going going in circle round and round and round and round is called vatt when uh, when we call uh, existing in sansara or when we call sansara it uh, invariably refers to a being with mentality materiality going in dying and taking river dying and taking river dying and taking river now uh for trees plants uh vegetations they also have uh, reproduction and uh, uh they are they are, they are what do you call propagation and so forth they say that we never call sankara sang what or sansara the word sansara is used to an entity that has mentality materially together with consciousness when the mentality materiality and consciousness completely cease then that individual sansara or that individual what going in circle ceases to exist that is why and buddha buddha and arahant because this they end their what sankara uh, repetition by completely bringing to an end of their mentality materiality and consciousness
You have to put into something? I'm just looking something up, don't mind me. Hmm? I'm just looking up something. You, you can continue. Hmm? You can keep going. Okay. You hear me? Yes. Okay. In other words, uh, the words, uh, uh, these words are used for describing a being with mentality and materiality. So, then in other dependent origination discussion, like uh, regular, ordinary, the one that we are familiar with, there is no particular section dealing with self. Uh, one other uh, special feature in this discourse is that Buddha added the description explaining consideration and so forth of uh, self. Why is that? Because Buddha wanted to show that this whole existence is taking place without self. This is what is called Atta Sanya. Kitta Tajananda Attanang Panyapento Panyapeti Ruping Vahi Ananda Parittang Attanang Panyapento Panyapeti Rupi Me Paritto Attati Ruping Vahi Ananda uh, anantang attanang panyapento panyapeti rupi me ananda attati aruping vahi ananda parittang attanang panyapento panyapeti arupi me parittu attati aruping vahi ananda uh, anantang attanang panyapento panyapeti Arupi me atta attoti ananda attoti, okay. Rupi me atta, rupi me atta paritta, rupi me atta uh, ananto, rupi me, arupi me paritto atta, arupi me ananto atta. The paritta, ananta are the, the difference in here. Now, let us see uh, the translation. Uh, in what way Sananda does one describe himself, describes it? Describe himself as having material form and as limited, one describes. So material form, 
on the one hand somebody would say material form material form is limited or one uh, uh, describing self as having material form and is infinite one description is material form is limited another would say material form is unlimited infinite one describing this myself has material form and infinite or or describing self as having material form as infinite so one would say myself has material form and that self is uh, limited because of the material form is limited and somebody else would say uh, myself has material form and is infinite why because the material form is infinite therefore self also is infinite another would say describing self as immaterial and uh, immate uh, immate immaterial and limited so one describe my self is immaterial and limited so is material form when it is uh, uh, infinite he said myself also is limited that means he identifies mate the form the self with the uh, quality of the form or material or immaterial if it is immaterial limited he says his self is immaterial limited if it is material and immaterial and unlimited then you will say myself also is immaterial and unlimited myself is immaterially and limited or describe yourself as immaterial and finite one would say myself is immaterial and finite so he associate with the 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 quality of the form <coughs> therefore ananda one who describes self as having material form and uh, as limited either describes such a self as existing only in the present or he describes such a self as existing uh, there in the future or he thinks that which is not thus i will convert towards the state of being thus that means i will convert that somebody else believes something different from mine i would convert into my belief because i very strongly hold on to it this is another kind of upadana this being so it can only it it can aptly be said that uh, setting view of self as having material form and as limited underlies this so there is no any certainty 
one belief one thing another belief another thing one who believes certain thing want to want to convert the other into that belief if the other person was is very convinced that what he believes is right so he try to convince this person to convert to his belief in other words this is just a uh, uh believe uh one holds on to it very strongly uh, without knowing certainty of this existence of self if the one who is converted to other he didn't have his own view one who thinks of converting other believes that other persons belief is not certain so he would be able to convert if the other person's belief is right you cannot convert him to this belief so it doesn't matter from what angle we look at it it is not something that they all were talking about some uh, permanent eternal entity okay one who describes self as a material form and as uh, infinite if they describe such a self just as before uh, this being so it certainly it it can aptly be said that the settled view of self as having material form and as if finite uh, underlies this so buddha goes into explaining all these situations with the uh, form is uh, self has form or self doesn't have form or material or immaterial now this is something which we never find in the dependent origination it is just something added to it that means the, uh, the reality is uh, <coughs> things happening uh, depending on these causes and conditions but if somebody else talked about something else it is completely out of this reality of dependent sometimes people go co arising non-describing of self in what ways ananda does not one does not uh, uh, describe self not describe it not describing self as having material form and as limited one does not describe thus myself has material form and uh, is uh, limited or not describing self as having material form and is infinite one does not describe it thus myself has material form and is infinite or not describing self as immaterial and limited one does not so he denied the previous four positions uh, in the second this in this paragraph one who believes in it try to confirm it 
and one who does not believe it, uh, does not try to confirm it. Therein I am the one who does not describe self as having material form and as, uh, as uh, limited does not describe such a self as existing only in the present. He does not <coughs> uh, try to convince others that this exists in the present, it will exist in the future because he does not believe in the uh, notion. That which is not thus, I will convert, so that person does not think that does not think of converting others because he also he, he does not he, he doesn't believe that there is something uh, existing in the present or future. One who does not uh, describe self as having material form as and uh, as infinite does not describe self such self just as before all these four paragraphs. Now, here is th- these are the two uh, sections that uh, uh, someone tries to describe self existing in one form or the other or does not uh, believe it existing in one form or the other. Uh, Now, this is the very interesting uh, passage uh, or section uh, that I think we were trying to find out in the, this morning, Panyaraka was trying to find out how people try to associate self with form, feeling and so on. Uh, now, when we see the entire thing, uh, uh, is, oper- is, is operating through causes and conditions. As I mentioned earlier, this additional appendix uh, does not fit. That's what Buddha wants to do, uh, point out here. That is why Buddha... In, introduce this notion of self description or non description. There is nothing to describe. But somebody might say, Buddha says, in what ways Ananda does on considering the idea of self consider it? One considering the idea of self either cons- either cons- uh, considers feeling as self saying Feeling is myself. I think in uh, Chachakta Sutta, Buddha dealt with this. Uh, or uh, he considers feeling is not myself. Myself is without experiencing experience of feeling. It is just like inanimate, something without uh, uh, consciousness, because experiencing means there must be consciousness. 
So the, the self exists uh, in, its, in itself by its own right without anything to do with consciousness. As we know, uh, uh, experience, any experience we get through our uh, senses and combination of conscious, consciousness, the object, senses, consciousness and contact. And then we have other experiences, feeling and so on. Now, uh, or he considers feeling is not myself. Myself is without experiencing experience of feelings. Why self does not have experience? Because it doesn't have consciousness. Or he considers feeling is not myself, but myself is not without experiencing experience of feeling. <coughs> This, contradic- this contradicts the previous statement. This is just a belief. Myself feels for myself is subject to feeling. These are people very uh, uh, nitty gritty, uh, hair splitting argument they bring out to prove that there is self. There in Ananda, one who says feeling is myself should be asked, friends, there are these three kinds of feelings, pleasant feeling, painful feeling, and neither painful nor pleasant feeling. Of these three kinds of feelings, which do you consider as self? Do you consider pleasant feeling yourself, unpleasant feeling yourself, or neither pleasant nor unpleasant feeling yourself? So Buddha is bringing this argument to corner somebody and then disprove his belief. There in Ananda, the one who says feeling is myself should... Uh, no. Uh, okay. Ananda, on the occasion when the experience of pleasant feeling, one does not, on that occasion, experience painful feeling or neither painful nor pleasant feeling. On that occasion, one experiences only pleasant feeling. Out of these three feelings, when one experiences one feeling, other two feelings are not there. So we, act, if one would say, my pleasant feeling is self, then he experiences only one-third of the feelings. So he attributes self to one-third of feelings. Out of three feelings, he, ident- he identifies uh, self with pleasant feeling, then he precludes the other two feelings. So identify it with one feeling at a time. Okay. So, 
in if uh, this is a very beautiful argument uh, okay on the occasion when experiencing neither painful nor pleasant feeling one does not on that occasion experience pleasant feeling or painful feeling on that occasion one experiences neither pleasant nor pleasant feeling ananda pleasant feeling is impermanent condition dependently arisen subject to di- subject to destruction falling away fading away fading out and ceasing <laughs> this is very uh wonderful explanation yasmin ananda samay sukham vedana vedeti neva tasmin samay dukham vedana vedeti na dukham sukham vedana vedeti uh sukham eva tasmin samaye vedana vedeti and so forth so buddha says sukhapiko ananda vedana anikya sankhata paticca sampanna kaya dhamma vaya dhamma viraga dhamma niruddhamma so pleasant feeling goes through all these things it is subject to destruction falling away fading out and ceasing and dependently participant dependently arisen so uh, therefore there is no room for self to exist because it is depend the feeling whatever feeling present and present neutral arise depending on causes uh, and condition particular so panna sankhata sankhata means conditioned eh? subject to destruction yeah impermanent condition dependent arisen and subject to destruction falling away and fading out if one were to identify self with this feeling whatever it is when the feeling changes pleasant feeling goes through all these impermanence conditioning uh, dependently arising uh, fading away vanishing disappearing then self also must go along with that when one identifies with that feeling that goes through all, uh, about through all these three kinds of feeling so feeling as we have discussed uh, three kinds of feeling buddha used here this applies to all the 808 kind of feelings pleasant unpleasant neither pleasant unpleasant uh, somanas domanas uh, feeling arising through our six senses 36 senses kind of feeling and feeling of uh, the past present future and feeling uh, uh, what do you call samisa niramisa uh, 
what you call carnal feeling and spiritual feeling, uncarnal feeling. Whatever feeling, if somebody associate, identifies with self, so Buddha completely, flatly refuted, rejected, using this argument. That means when one, whatever feeling it is, is subject to change, disappearing, fading away, dependently arisen, and condition. So we know the condition for feelings to arise. What are the conditions? Senses, sensory objects, consciousness, contact. These five condi- four conditions must be there for the feeling to arise. These four conditions are not permanent. Eyes are not permanent. Visual objects are not permanent. Eye consciousness is not permanent. Eye contact is not permanent. And uh, the feeling that arises depending on these four also not permanent. When all these are these are conditioned, impermanent conditions. With impermanent condition, depending on impermanent condition, if uh, <coughs> self arises, that also is impermanent. It's a beautiful argument Buddha used to prove that there is no permanent self. When he said no permanent self, can there be impermanent self? (laughs) Yes. The conventional self. That conventional self, everything conventional is impermanent. Therefore, if somebody associates, identifies something with anything impermanent, that also is impermanent. If one experiences a pleasant feeling, as Buddha went on for all these three kinds of feeling, Ananda, the one who says feeling is not myself, Myself is without experience of feeling. He should be asked, friend, where there is nothing at all that is felt, could the idea I am occur there? (laughs) You see? If there is nothing to feel, where there is nothing at all that is felt. Uh, Could the the idea I am occur there? Certainly not Venerable Sir. Venerable Ananda's reply is, no hetang bhante for everything. No no hetang means no, he, etan. He he uses here to emphasize definitely. No, he, etan, bante. The Pali words are very precise.
Ananda said, Certainly, he refers to certainly, not Vendra Barsha. Therefore, Ananda, because of this, it is not acceptable to consider feeling is not myself. It is beautiful. In the first place, he, he proved that feeling is impermanent, therefore, self is not permanent. In the next argument, he says, if there is nothing to feel, can there be self in it? <laughs> there is nothing. That also doesn't exist. You try to identify with something that does not exist. So, no available sir. I think we stop here for now and we continue after break. Um, so, um, so. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>